Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, if you would, open your Bibles to Psalm 34. Psalm 34, and we'll get started there. And uh, today it would be a little bit different service than what we're somewhat used to, because we're going to do some things a little bit differently. Um, we'll just see what the Lord wants to do. God's got a plan for every service, and uh, a lot of people don't realize that. And we want to be obedient to what the Lord wants to do, not what, what, not what man, because we don't want man to have his way. We want the Father to have his way. In Psalm 34, verse 1, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Now, praise to be continually in our mouths is talking about a lifestyle. As Christians, as believers, our lifestyle should be different than anybody else's. We shouldn't be like everybody else. We should be different. The only way you're going to be different and change is to take the word of God and let the word of God have an effect on your life. And not just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. Because if you're just a hearer only, you're, you're, and not a doer of the word, you're like a man that looks at himself in the mirror and then walks away and forgets what he looks like. It's kind of silly. But yet we see that happening time and time again in the church. We've all been guilty of it at times in our lives, myself included. But the way that, the way that we, we uh, praise and we worship God, all right, it starts to bring a reflection in our lives. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Worship is actually a heavenly atmosphere that you bring into your life. Worship is a heavenly atmosphere that you bring into your life, and it'll affect people around you. It'll not only affect you, it will have an effect on your household, it will have an effect on your neighbors, it will ha have an effect on your co-workers. Why? Because God wants us to have days of heaven on earth. That's what he said in the Word. That we would experience days of heaven on earth. You know, and... If you think about it, what, what, what does that mean to have days of heaven on earth? Well, you know, there's no fear in heaven. There, there's no lack in, in heaven. Nobody's wanting anything, needing anything. Um, there's no sickness in heaven. Nobody's sick. Nobody's walking around in heaven with masks on. All right, that's not happening. Okay. Um, see, you, you, you gotta, you've got to think about what, what's heaven enjoying? If heaven's enjoying it, then God said, he said, I want my people on earth to enjoy it. Why? Because we are the light of the world. You're the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. Okay? So if we see that praise should be continued, the psalmist, you know, David that wrote this, he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. What's, he, what's David saying? He's, he's saying, I'm going to talk about the power of God constantly in my life. I'm going to purpose in my life to notice the power of God in action. When, when, when storms come into my life, 
I'm not going to focus on the storm. I'm going to focus on the power of God that overcomes that storm. See, so many times what we have a tendency to do when storms come up into our lives, we let the storm dictate what's going to happen. Wow, that's a big storm. That looks like the kind of storm that can probably wipe out this whole neighborhood. And then you get upset when the neighborhood gets wiped out. Well, what kind of sense is that? That doesn't make no sense. That's not what God called you to do, to stand here, and when a storm comes, you glorify the storm. You know, we talk about praise and worship, and you know, there's a difference between praise and worship. You know, a lot of times we think of praise and worship as the same thing. No, it's two different things. Praise is something that you do as you're going into battle. Remember, God would send the Israelites out, and he said, I'll send the praisers first as you go into battle. You know what? Think about that in military, military terms today. If instead of the tanks going front and, and, uh, and the airplanes and the helicopters going out front, all of a sudden we had people walking out front singing praises to God. See, in the natural, that don't make any sense. Well, it didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense back then either to the Israelites. But when they were obedient and they did that, God moved on the entire situation, and the battle that they fought was nowhere near as tough as what they thought it was going to be. A lot of times they didn't even have to fight the battle. The enemy defeated themselves. All they did was walked in and picked up the spoils of the war. All right? Worship is something that you do in the presence of God. It's very important. What we're seeing taking place is it started in Asbury, it's spreading throughout the country. All right, it's not just in one place anymore, it's spreading. But see, these are things that we've been praying for for years for awakening and revival to take place. But the, the thing we always have to remember is uh, a lot of these, when you looked at back over the years at, at, at previous revivals and at awakenings and things like that, they've always come to an end. And usually it's because man gets in the way. The Azusa Street Revival, um, back in the early 2000s when that took place, all right, that, uh, Seymour, Brother Seymour came in. And God had him sit on the pulpit on a chair with a bag over his head. It didn't make any sense. He looked kind of stupid. But he sat there and miracles took place. Miracles took place. And then toward the end, what happened was is they formed four different denominations came out of that. All right? Birthed four different denominations from the Azusa Street Revival. And really, it wouldn't have ended if man hadn't got involved and tried to, to separate churches all right, because God didn't cause us, call us to be separated. You're the body of Christ. All right, when you, I got news for you. If, if you were looking for heaven to be this way, um, you're going to be sorely disappointed. There's not going to be a, a Baptist section in, 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 in heaven or a Catholic or, you know, right. uh, it, 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 that's not going to be there because denominations were not called of God. All right, he didn't say go and separate yourself. He said, you're the body of Christ. All right? So, you know, a lot of times what you have is you have people thinking um, by their denomination. Well, this is what my denomination believes. It doesn't matter what your denomination believes. It matters what the Word of God says in the situation. All right? That's all that really matters. Go to Hebrews chapter 13. 
Hebrews 13, I'm going I'm to read something to you. Hebrews 13, God says this. I'm going to read from the Amplified. And all the Amplified does is to basically take all the original Greek words in this instance and puts them into this, um, into Scripture. Hebrews 13. And I'm just going to read one, one verse. Here we are. Okay. It says, Through him, there let us constantly and at all times offer up to God a sacrifice <clears throat> of praise, which is the fruit of lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. Think about it. Paul says this, he says, he calls it the sacrifice of praise. You know, to live a lifestyle of praise and worship is a sacrifice. The revival that's going on, the awakening that's go <coughs> going on, verse 15, <coughs> in Asbury, if you notice what's happened there is for the most part, 95% of what's going on, it's, just, it's all worship. It's just worship. There's power in worship. Worship affects the atmosphere. To such the degree, the other day, I was watching the highlights of one of the services, and, you know, you got people from all walks of life there, all right? It's not all Pentecostal. This is a Methodist, a Methodist school, all right? that John Wesley commissioned Asbury, and you can read that story if you go online and read this, how, how he founded this university. Anyway, so it's a Methodist college. And there was a woman up front near the, the altar, and um, she started manifesting. It was a demonic manifestation. Well, now you understand, a lot of these people, they, don't, they think she's having a medical issue, all right? So most of them there, they thought, get the, get the, let's call an ambulance, let's get somebody here. Well, there's other people there in the, in the congregation call, come out of her in the name of Jesus. All right, the woman gets delivered. How? Because the power of God is present. You know, now my, my prayer is kind of for Asbury in that awakening revival slash revival that's taking place is that man will stay out of the way. You know, we don't need any big ministries going in there to help out. Let God do what he does. You know, they, the uh, news media has tried to come in and they want to do interviews. They said, no, we don't want you to come. Don't come here. Don't even come here. So the people that, are, that God's assembled together in that movement are hearing from heaven. We just pray, we need to pray that they continue to hear from heaven. All right? Because it's spreading. And, you know, it's good. how long will this go? I, it may go on to the time Jesus comes back. All right? I mean, if you look at the world, what's going on in the world, we're living in the last days, folks. 
It, 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 you don't have, you know, you can say all you want to, well, they've been saying that for years, and you, yeah, but not like this. Not like this. This is just stupid stuff that's going on. We're seeing out there. Ridiculous stuff. So, you know, it, it says, let's continually praise. Now go to, go to Deuteronomy chapter 11. Deuteronomy 11. And Deuteronomy 11, verse 21, I kind of referred to this earlier. It says, um, well, hold it. Back up to verse 18. It says, Therefore shall you lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul, and bind them, and that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. Verse 19, And you shall teach them your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up, and you shall write them upon the doorpost of your house and upon your gates. And here it is, verse 21. That your days may be multiplied. Notice what God said here. He said if you do these things, your, your days will be multiplied. <clears throat> All right? And the days of your children in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give them as the days of heaven upon the earth. But what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to take his word, and you're going to have to put his word and speak his word, put it on things, so that everywhere you look, you see his word. See, because we as Christians know that everywhere we go, the power of God goes with us. Because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. Now, it's real easy to overlook that as a constant reminder if you don't have his word in front of you. But see, if I put his, if I put his word in front of me, if I have a Bible in every room, if I've got scripture up on the wall, if I've got scripture in every room in my house, see the idea? I'm not saying that you have to do I'm just saying if you've got that word of God out there, everything you see, you're, it's gonna, it, the flow of your home is going to be different because you're going to think of worshiping him. Uh, you know, when a, when a crisis comes up, something comes up, what are you going to do? You're going to go praise. You're going to switch gears and you're going to praise because it's going to change things. Then, after that, you get into the flow of worship because, wow, worship brings his presence. When his presence shows up, things change. That's what we're seeing. That's why you're seeing this awakening and revival because here's the key. Brother Hagin said this many years ago. He said the gifts of the Spirit do not manifest based on faith. They don't manifest based on prayer. This is a ruffle of a lot of people's feathers, but what he said was true. The gifts of the Spirit manifest by hunger. You know, I've heard in churches say, why don't we see the gifts of the Spirit in the churches today? Because you're not hungry. Guilty. We haven't been hungry. 
look at what's happening in these colleges. The young people have such a hunger for the things of God, yet we've got all these ministries that know the Word of God frontwards and backwards and has faith and can believe God for all these things, and I'm not saying they're wrong. God wants you to have faith and, and believe things. But why aren't we seeing the power of God move? It's hunger. Hunger. You've got a hunger for the things of God. You've got to have a hunger. When you've got a hunger for the things of God, everything else don't matter anymore. That's why there's people going from all over the world to this place. Why? Because they have such a hunger for the very presence of God. They just got to be there. They got to be there. Why? To experience that, that feeling of God's presence. Why? Because they're, they're not getting that feeling anywhere else. Why? Because very few places are teaching actually the Word of God. You know, you, you go and you hear stories, which some stories are good, but most of the stories I, we hear, there's no faith in there. It doesn't build you up. It doesn't encourage you. Now, in the book of Acts, Paul and Silas have this incident where they've got a woman following them around for days. And she's a woman that's filled with a demonic spirit, but she all she's saying is, these are the men of the Most High preaching the praises of God. What's wrong with that? She was saying the truth. They were the men of God. But after a few days, see something in Paul and Silas' spirit, they knew someone, something's not right with this girl. Well, even though what she's saying is right. And then as Paul turned to the Spirit of God and started listening to the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Lord showed him. She's, she's got a spirit of divination. And he, they turn around and they, they cast that spirit out of her. Well, when they did that, it changed the whole atmosphere of that city, that area. Why? Because there was people making money off that gal. It wasn't just that woman. See, even, even, even the magistrates, the lawyers, the police, and everybody in power was making money off of this stuff. Kind of like what we see today. And when that money, that money cow died, it affected the whole city. And they got mad. And they arrested Paul and Silas. And they threw him in the prison. And they told the prison guard, don't you dare let these guys get out. Because if, if they get out, it'll cost you your life. So the prison guard, he takes them and he puts them in the innermost part of the prison, in the very center. Why? Because in order for them to get out, they've got to get out through all these other people who we're, we're guarding against. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to take them a while. And I know, you know, he's thinking, I know they're in a place they can't get out of. So he puts them in there. Now, 
This is really about midnight. Paul and Silas are in this prison. Now, this is not something they, they come up with on their own and say, hey, let's try this and see if this works. You know, that's the problem with a lot of Christians today. They try something that they heard about and see if it works, and it don't work. No, this was a lifestyle for Paul and Silas. It was a lifestyle for the disciples. This is how they lived. Their first reaction wasn't, we've got to get message to our buddies. Maybe they can come get us. That wasn't their reaction. Their reaction was, let's praise and worship God. And that's what they did. They praised and they worshiped the Lord. And when they praised and they worshiped God, the gates were opened up. Heaven got involved. And they, and they walked right out of prison. And when the prisoner guard, when the guard saw that they were free, he drew his sword. Because he thought, they're going to kill me. I might as well kill myself right now. And they said, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't do that. And they wound up leading him to the Lord. Him and his whole house got saved. And there was an awakening. I'm telling you, there's a power in praise and worship. Now, I'm going to have my son back there play a video. Here, You about ready? Now, it's a, kind of a lengthy one, but I want you to listen to it because, you know, I would, God told her to go down there, and, and, and she went. But see, there has to be a hunger, and you know, that, that particular woman was in a tight spot. She's got a child that four years old at that time. The doctor said it wouldn't live past one. She's believing God. Her face in God, because if she wasn't believing God, if she wasn't trusting God, she'd have never heard the voice. She'd have never heard the voice. That's why you're, you know, I've said this before, saints, the most important relationship you have in this life is the one between you and your Heavenly Father. Because out of that comes everything in life. And if you don't have a relationship with the Father, one where you hear from heaven every single day, you're missing out on the promises of God. She didn't miss out on the promises of God. I want you to go and look here to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. But what, we're, what you're seeing happening in this nation, these awakenings, are people that have just, they just got a hunger for God. You know, a lot of them, they don't have any Bible knowledge or anything, but they just, they're hungry for God. And God's showing up. And it's spreading. I mean, I don't know how many, how many places, that, last I heard was 10 other places it's spread to now. And you know, I just expect it to keep growing. But in, in Genesis 1 here, pick it up in verse 1. It says, in the beginning, and I'm reading, again, I'm reading from the Amplified. God prepared, he formed, he fashioned, and he created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and empty waste, 
and darkness was upon the face of the very great deep. The Spirit of God was moving, hovering, brooding over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now, here's the lesson. The Lord even he says it right here, the first three verses. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit was hovering, was brooding. One translation I read, it said incubating. Incubate. He, in other words, something's about to give birth. What was it? What, what was the Spirit of God waiting for? The Word. God said, let there be light, and there was. The Spirit of God, when you are in an atmosphere of worship and praise, is always hovering over you. He's ready to birth something. He's waiting for the Word to come forth from you. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Unfortunately, most believers are speaking death in situations. And they're hindering the Spirit of God from moving. Because he's not going to bring death. He doesn't have any death. You know, I've heard, I've heard Christians say, well, God will bring death to people. <laughs> He'd have to steal it. He's not a thief. Jesus said, I come to give you life and life more abundant. Blessing and cursing. The power of God is hovering over your situation. You create the atmosphere for him to do that. You do that by your praise and your worship. I like what the psalmist said again. Your praise shall continually be in my mouth, on my lips. So as you go through the week, situations arise, come up to you. What are you going to say about them? Watch your words. Watch your words. Because the flesh will jump in. The flesh has always got words to say. Your flesh has always got words to say about the situation. You've got to get control of that. We have to get control of it. We've got to get skillful with the things of God. All right? It's just like this, this awakening, this revival that's happening. Yes, there will come a time God will expect the people to become skillful. We're not, they're not there yet. When that's going to happen, I don't know. But eventually it will happen. They'll have to become skillful. Right now, God just made on the whole situation. And as long as man will keep his nose out of it, he'll continue to do what he wants to do. And people will continue to praise and worship and God will continue to move because why? It, it, it says he inhabits the praises of his people. And I got news for you. God is not going to inhabit a situation and let it stay that way. He's going to change it. He's just waiting for your words. I mean, come on, folks. The Bible even says that the angels in heaven, all right, the only thing they respond to is the Word of God. See, you have angels in your, in, in your life that they're sent forth to minister to the heirs of salvation. Well, who are the heirs of salvation? We are. 
But most people's angels are bound up because what? They don't even know that they're there. They don't even know how to release them. You release them by the Word of God. Because they'll only respond to the Word of God. They won't go out and cut your grass. They're not going to do your laundry. They're not going to clean your house. They don't operate that way. And angels are not, they are not departed loved ones. They are a different race of being. Okay? So get that out of your head. You're not, your loved one's not going to die and become an angel and come back and watch. They, they don't do that. They are a different being. Right? That's why when, when you read Psalm, the Psalms, and, and really this is a quote that was picked up from Lucifer. He said, he said, what is man that you have made him a little lower than Elohim? Why? Because Lucifer is an angel. And he was jealous when God made you and me. Because he had that position. It was the father, then it was the angels. But then when God made man, it became the father, us and then the angels. That's why Satan hates you. Because we took his spot. We took his spot. That's one of the reasons. He hates you. Because we took his spot. See, the Bible says you made him a little lower than the angels. And if you, when you read that, that is a terrible, terrible translation. The original Greek, and the orig actually the original Hebrew did not say God made us a little lower than angels. It said he made us a little lower than Elohim. Elohim is the Hebraic name for God. But see, when the translators seen that, they thought, we can't say that. That God made us a little lower than him. Well, that's what he said. He did say that. So they changed the wording to angels. So see... There's, you get, and this is in the King James, all right? But if you don't study Greek and Hebrew and know how to go back and re research some of the words, you'll find some things that, are, that don't sound right, and you'll think it's, it's God, angels, and man. No, no, no. It's God, man, and angels, and animals, plant life. He gave us authority all, over all that. Your worship, your praise. God will speak to you. God will speak to you, when you as you worship and praise. You know, one thing that just came back to me watching that video, and that's about 23 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. About 23 years ago, my wife and I, who were starting to walk with the Lord for maybe about a year or two, we went to that meeting. We were there when R.W. Schombach said that. We were at the meeting. As a matter of fact, my wife and I had sewn into Dr. Parsley's ministry at that time, and he called us on stage, us and their several couples. And we're standing there, and that, that pulpit that R.W. Schaumbach standing behind that, like a, 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 a brick one, my wife and I, like, if that was the pulpit, we were like right here. R.W. Schaumbach's there, 
I'm, I, we're in the same suit. He's right to the right of me. The, uh, Pastor Parsley is over here. His wife's over here. I think Paula White was over, over there. And God spoke to me as where I'm standing there. He said, one day, son, you'll be behind this. And he pointed at the, the, the pulpit. I'm like, uh, I don't think I want to do that. I don't, you know, my reaction is, here? Why would, I, why would Rod Parsley have me here? And it's not what he meant. But what, that was the first place I got a, the call to be behind the pulpit. And so every time I watched that video, I'm like, we were there. We were there. But that's a powerful testimony. And he's right. If you listen to what Brother Schombach, who's in heaven now, said, he said, Sinners will believe it, but the church people will deny it. And it, that, that really hasn't changed. But see, what, what doesn't change is your relationship with the Father. Out of that relationship comes everything in your life. It changes the atmosphere. It cha I mean, if you, want, if you will praise Him and you will worship Him as your healer, you'll be healed. If you'll praise him and worship him as your provider, you'll have provision. If you'll praise him and worship him as your deliverer, you'll be delivered. Whatever area in your life you praise and worship him, that will manifest in your life. It will manifest. It's that simple. God didn't make this stuff hard. He didn't make this stuff so deep that the average person can't get it. Paul even talked about the simplicity of the gospel. The gospel is really simple. It's man that makes it hard. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, did you get something today? Let's stand up. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Father, we just thank you, Lord.